Greetings, citizens of the internet. My name is Cam Brennan, and this is episode 142 of the Masterclass Podcast. I am joined, as always, by the best co-host in the land. His name is Dave Hogue. What's up, my friend? I am incredibly excited to be here this week and looking forward to the audible that we are that you have called for tonight. Oh, spoiler alerts. <laughs> I just need to translate all of that to the listener because Dave and I, we, we video FaceTime while we record as Dave is in Kansas and I'm in Illinois. Uh, there was a lot of double finger points there that I'm yes, not we're... sure how to interpret. Like, is he blaming things on me? Is he trying no, to, no, like, no. 3D touch his phone on my face? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm I, excited about tonight. He's I really pointing am. again, this time just with one I am finger. pointing. <laughs> but yes, it is, it is obvious that Dave is no longer in a bad mood from last episode. He is excited to be here, as am I. <laughs> Very excited. And as Dave has uh, not so subtly pointed out, we are pulling an audible this week. Yeah. Uh, in honor of football season soon being upon us, we are calling Hot Route, Hot Route, Blue 40, I don't know. I played one year of football in high school, and I was on Never defense, so there really weren't a whole lot of audibles other than like, hey, you, you, you get hit by that guy. Don't get hit by that guy, this guy <laughs> over here. Okay, I can do that. And then I'm on the ground. Anyways, uh, as you will have, I don't know, picked up over the last, what, day, 20 episodes, 15 episodes? We've At been, least. We've been in the Book of Romans, which mm-hmm. is, you know, like... Uh, Christianity light. It's very easy, not very deep, very uh, simple book to understand. The fact that yeah. we've taken this many episodes is just a bit silly, really. And uh, we are going to spend some time in a much more well-known book of the New Testament than Romans. It's a book called uh, Titus. Didn't even know that was a book of the Bible. I'm sure you know exactly where to find it. <laughs> It's in the T section. Yes, it's the New Testament is alphabetical, as we all know. And uh, we're going to be in the second chapter of this most famous book, Titus, and we're going to be in verses 11 through 14. And just a, a bit of preface on why in the world we're just going to like interject an episode outside of Romans into our ridiculously long series on the book of Romans is because, well, I want to. Uh, that's the short answer. <laughs> the long answer is uh, I have been listening to a book on Audible by the one and only J.I. Packer, who is both wise and brilliant and uh, good with the English language, Dave. Yes. Turns out a guy from England can speak English real well. <laughs> and uh, he has a book called Rediscovering Holiness. And I've been listening to this book on Audible, as I said, and he, in the midst of talking about this concept of holiness and where the church is at and where we should be and, you know, all, all of the things that go into a book like that, he dropped uh, this passage and it was one of those where I thought, huh, I know I've read Titus. I know I've read it multiple times. I never would have guessed that this passage was in there, nor would I tell you that I remember ever reading this passage, though I know that I have. And Mm -hmm. uh, it stuck out to me um, 
in very meaningful ways. And so I asked Dave and his graciousness, he said, sure, let's take a break from Romans and let's dive into this passage from Titus. So that's the long story. Now we are all here. We have the backstory. We're ready to proceed, I assume. Yeah, you know, the only thing I would answer, uh, add to that is, is that uh, Titus was a disciple of Paul. Uh, Paul wasn't the author of Romans, and Titus was somebody that really his Christianity developed under Paul. And he is his own man, has his own opinions, has his own perspective on things, uh, certainly influenced by Paul, but um, that's who Titus was. Right, and this is a letter from Paul to Titus, who is on the island of Crete, I believe. Yeah. Building the church there. I'm guessing that's in the Mediterranean? It is. It's the island off the boot. <laughs> it's the island, uh, not Sicily. Crete is uh, off of Greece. Okay. Would you like me to read the verse? Yeah, sorry. I was doing the Mediterranean geography in my head. <laughs> so we're at Titus 2, verse 11. And we're going to read through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own passion who are zealous for God, who are, I'm sorry, who are zealous for good works. And also for his own possession. I was going to let it slide, but you brought it up. <laughs> Love you, buddy. So I, I got a text from my daughter right as I was reading that. So oh, which one? Uh, Olivia and her sucker cohorts. Oh, well, we like her. I mean, we like both your daughters, but you know. Yes. Yeah. I was deciding which one I was going to throw under the bus and then backed out at the last <laughs> second. They're both lovely young women. All right, so there is so much about these three verses that like ruffles my feathers and also hmm. revs my engine. I'm trying to think of other, you know, mm-hmm. colloquialisms I could use, right? But like this is so true and so encouraging, but at the same time so like brief and to the point. It's almost like Paul's like, hey, Wake up, pay attention. Like he's not, he's not uh, sugarcoating or being superfluous with his words, right? Right. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's verse 11. Mm-hmm. That's yep. enough to write a book about. Yeah. Training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, to live self controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, right? That's a whole book. J.R. Packer wrote it. It's called Rediscovering Holiness. <laughs> Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself up to, for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession, and sell us for good works. <sighs> it's like, I don't know, for whatever reason, this just like totally like 
kicked me in the butt and punched me in the gut all at the same time, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just, I really wanted to talk about it with you because I appreciate your perspective and your experience. And I know that it pumps me up, but I'm excited to see how this conversation evolves because I know for a fact that I'm missing a good deal about what this says. Not to put you on the spot, but (laughs) so the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. And that's such a eloquent way to summarize the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And then the gospel, right? Yeah. The the word that came to my mind was gospel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's, it's, I, I just find it so interesting when Paul just like glosses over such monstrous <laughs> theology, right? Sure. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Mm. It's like, can we just, I don't know, take a second and talk about that? Because I guess, I guess one of the things that stands out for me is like this concept of grace, right? This is such a... This is a word that gets, I think, devalued, or at least in my experience, like we say it so stinking much that in my experience, I tend to devalue grace because it is such a uh, ever-present thing in in the Christian view of God and life and, and, and the Bible, but when you finally sit back and really think about what grace means and what grace accomplished through the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, what it took for him to do that, what it took for God to do that, what it took for the Holy Spirit to then come into the world after that. Like, that is, that is no small uh, eternity-shifting event, right? That is like a a catastrophic change in history. Um, Mm -hmm. I wrote wrote a blog post, Dave, Mm -hmm. which I haven't done in a while, especially on, you know, topics such as this. And one of the ways that I phrased this as it was really kind of just, I don't know, blowing my mind. When I say that, I think of Peter Dinklage from Elf, <laughs> which is not at all associated with this, but it's really stinking funny. Uh, he's an angry elf. He's from the South he's Pole. An, he's an angry elf, yes. <laughs> oh, man. I was really trying not to laugh at my own comments this episode. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. Anyways, um, I, I wrote, we have the privilege of standing as the recipients of the greatest gift, the grandest plot twist of all time. And when I think about God and his grace and what his grace has accomplished, really is that plot twist that no one sees coming, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're super into what's your story and what's your narrative and what's the fabric of your life and the tapestry that you were living. And 
I say that very, very sarcastically because I think that sort of language is ridiculous when it comes to people. You can tweet Dave about that. Don't <laughs> don't bother to tag me. But like things so much now are about what is your narrative and what is the your truth and what is your story about. And if we're gonna go that route with I think things that are less important, then I think we need to bring that same stuff over to the stuff that is important and be like, yo, the grace of God has appeared and it brought salvation for all people. Which is, I mean, I've seen a lot of good movies with good plot twists, right? Read a lot of good books with good plot twists. This one doesn't make any sense. Which are usually the best plot twists because you don't Mm -hmm. see them coming, right? And I, I mean, I, I can tell you that no one saw this coming because guess what? Judaism is still a thing. It's yeah. going strong. There's a whole mess of people who think Jesus wasn't the guy. Yeah. Because they were so uh, decided upon what the Messiah would look like and would be and would act like that when he showed up, they didn't recognize him. But at the same time, this same dude, Jesus of Nazareth, changed the entire course of human history, so much so that whether you're a believer or an agnostic or an atheist, his birth determines how you measure time. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Even if you're a a CE or BCE person, right, instead of AD and BC. Common era. Yeah, before Common Era and Common Era. Guess who that Common Era is based on? Jesus. His name's Jesus. You can (laughs) you can take the Anno Domini and before Christ out of it, but guess what? It's still the same thing. Yep. It's still based on his life. Like whispering mics, it makes me feel cool. (laughs) But really, like, there's been a lot of important people in the world. None of them have altered time. No. Very true. I mean, just think about that. Like, I, I'm, I'm saying it jokingly, right, to, to make a point. But literally, the way that the entire human race has measured what time it is, what year it is, how we relate to the past, is based off of when this dude was born. A guy from Bethlehem mm-hmm. in Israel, where it says in the Bible, what good can come from Bethlehem? Nothing. Like, it's just this backwater town. And that's kind of how God operates, right? Definitely. I see your metropolis. I raise <laughs> you the savior from the backwoods. <laughs> or whatever, you know, the redneck version of Israel was back then. I don't know. But am I making sense? I feel like I'm... A bit crazy tonight. You, you are making sense. I'm um, afraid you would say that. <laughs> the only thing I will challenge mm. is I don't think it was what good can come from Bethlehem. I think it was what good can come from Nazareth. Oh, well, 
And I don't know my Bible well enough to know are those one and the same. <laughs> we have a podcast about the Bible. You can't say that. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> We're just going to move on because he was born in one and raised in the other. They had to go back for the census. Yeah. So, so Bethlehem was, was where he, he was, was born. Born in Bethlehem. They went back to Jesus of Nazareth. So that's where, he, anyways. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was what good can come from Nazareth. I, I misquoted the scriptures. I am <laughs> very sorry. So, verse 12. Mm-hmm. This grace of God that has appeared and brought salvation for all people also trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And this is the verse that was like, foot of the Bible, meet butt of Cam, and kick very, very, very hard. Because this is a straight-to-the-point, unwavering statement of what God calls us to do and to be, right? That we are people that renounce ungodliness, right? So we think, you've mentioned the whole David and Goliath thing before, right? Oh, it's little guy versus or versus big guy. No, no, no. It's it's someone attacking the the truth and grace and being of God and someone defending it. The size the size is only there because we're small minded, right? Yeah. The size shouldn't yeah. really matter. It should be about someone attacking the truth and person of God and someone defending it. And so, the fact that God's grace calls us and trains us to renounce ungodliness is a should be a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and also to renounce worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And this just, I mean, kicked me up one side and down the other. Because if I look at my life and how I act and what I do and what I think and what I eat and drink and what I watch and listen to and you know all the different ways you can consume things, right? I look at this and I think, well, there's a guy who hasn't renounced anything. And that is a large bit disconcerting based on what I just read. Mm-hmm. That if I'm someone who has received the grace of God and been saved and has embraced the kingdom of God in this world, then why have I not, in the same token, in my own life, personally, privately, renounced ungodliness and worldly passions? Why have I given in to those things? Why, why is self-control uh, an issue? Mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard to, I think, admit. Eh, maybe not so much. I don't want to make, like, it's, I don't think it's hard to admit. I, I think it's harder to come to terms with and to look at yourself in the mirror and really struggle with the idea of, I believe what the Bible says about me and about God. 
I believe in my heart and I confess with my lips that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what the Bible says I need to do to be saved. I've been baptized. I have education in biblical studies, right? I know the Greek. All of these things. But at the same time, it's like, for all of that, I still can look in the mirror and say, there are parts of my life that do not map with what God has done for me. There are still parts of my life where I say, yeah, but this is what I want. Forget what you want, God. Forget what you've called me to. Forget what you have made available to me. I'm still going to do things my own broken way. And that's, I think, the crux of what caused this passage to really stand out to me was, hold up. Like, check yourself, look in the mirror, and be honest with how you're living your life. And it really wasn't fun. I would agree. It sucks, doesn't it? It does. So, as I look at this section of scripture that we read, I really like living in Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing (laughs) salvation for all people. And I, you know, it, 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 it's, I find it, it's just very interesting that you bring this up tonight because this is just so resonating with me tonight because I think I have falsely been living in this place of grace of just God's going to forgive me. I can't do it myself. And, and not like, and not in like this excuse of, I just want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't feel like it was like this blank check that God had given me. It wasn't like a, it, it just was a reality of, I like this idea of there's God's grace and he's going to give me salvation and I'm going to end up in heaven. And, um, but then you said, but then we read verse 12. And it says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And for me, this week, I actually found myself in Luke 13. And I will let our readers go to Luke 13 as they, or our listeners go to Luke 13 as they see fit. But basically, it talks about repenting, and then it talks about um, a fig tree that doesn't produce fruit. and. Um, I personally spent this week kind of going, what does repent mean? Because I know what I've heard in Christian circles of terms of, I'm going to turn away from my sin, I'm going to turn towards God, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there was just kind of this piece of me, like I said, that I, I like living in, in verse 11. I like God's grace. Like, I'm okay with my sin. I'm okay with God forgiving me. And I like sinning. and. I like the fact that I have a place in heaven, even if I do sin. And so, um, I don't like repenting. I don't like this sense of, um, I don't like, and this is where I found myself recently in, in terms of our, our discussions of just this tension of, I don't know what's my responsibility. I don't know what I have to depend on God for. and. 
I'm not, I, I guess the confession that I will make to you, to the people that listen to God, is I'm not good at renouncing ungodliness. I'm not good at renouncing worldly passion. Um, I'm not good at living self-controlled. I'm not good at being upright and godly in the present age. And so, but I feel like there's an element of, I mean, God's grace is so central to this. I have to rely on God's grace. And, you know, we've talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the cost of discipleship and cheap grace before. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how to live. The, I, I don't know how to be at that place of, God, I am dependent on your grace because I can't do it in myself. But then at the same time, I feel like there is sort of a, I've got to do something. I need to show my willingness to turn away from sin, my willingness to pursue him and um, my prayer from Luke 13 has just simply been, God, help me to repent. Yeah. Because I don't even know how to repent. Like, it seems like it should be so obvious. It seems like it should be so easy. And yet, I don't even know how to do it. And I don't want to make any excuses in this because this is on me and who I am and the decisions I make. I do think there is an element of, in Christianity, and, you know, Bonhoeffer was almost 100 years ago, maybe not quite, maybe more like 80 years ago, but there is this idea of cheap grace, like this idea of, I just have to say it. Like there doesn't really have to be any action on my part. And again, um, well, and that, and then the minimizing your sin. Oh, I, I'm the best at that. Which, which cheapens the grace, right? And that, and that sort of, and, and not just lessening it, but I justify it. Right, and that and that lends itself towards uh, Dallas Willard's idea of sin management, right? Right, yeah. Which I can't do, and so like I just so my prayer has truly been this week of just God, I want to repent, and I want to understand what true repentance is, and help me to do that, and help me to because even as what you were what you were talking about is there's still kind of this piece of like, no, God, not really. Like, I want just yeah. enough to get, like, I want enough to get into heaven. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to hell. I really don't want to go to hell. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that piece of everything. Yeah. Like, I want to go to heaven. But, like, can I do just enough to squeak by? And and even as I say that out loud, I just I feel like it it it, it kind of minimizes God's grace. And this is one of the things I appreciate appreciate about our time together is in this podcast of just sort of saying, um, I am working out my faith. Mm-hmm. I hope it is with fear and trembling. 
because we are talking about the creator of the universe. We are talking about God Almighty. We are talking about the person, the being that can wipe me out like that. I mean, it's yeah, like... it's not Stephen accounting. It's... <laughs> no. Yeah, it's God. And so, you know, I just... Um, I want to repent. I want to turn on... I want to turn my back on my sin. I'm not very good at that. I'm terrible at it. I want to justify my sin. I want to say it's okay. Um, and I know it's not. I even realize that I can't do it on my own. I'm completely dependent on him. And so um, I guess that's where I'll just I'll land because that's where I've been for this week of just my prayer has been, God, I need you. I need you and just to an extent that I can't even begin to comprehend because I'll justify, I'll excuse, I'll dismiss my sin. And I know it's greater than I can even comprehend. And so um, I want you, I want the ungodliness. And you know, here's, here's even the other thing. The world as a whole would laugh at my ungodliness. What do you mean? They would say that's so trivial. Like, <laughs> like, why okay. are you, like, why yeah. are you even obsessing over that? And I don't say that in a glib way because I understand my depravity and my. We're talking about a holy God. We're talking about an infinite God. We're talking about an awesome God that is holy and that is pure. Yeah, and so. Um, I am just choosing things um, that are not of him. And I choose to escape versus really kind of delving into who he is and living in him. And I feel like I've rambled on long enough. So no, you're good. I, I think that actually leads quite nicely into uh, verse 13, which says that we are waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great Amen. God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us, just in case we forgot what the grace of God did, right? Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And I just... I know I've joked mm-hmm. in the past about how dense Romans is, <laughs> but these yeah. these verses, these four verses, are incredibly dense. And for us to talk about all that we've talked about this episode and then say, oh yeah, and in all of that, we're waiting for our blessed hope, for Jesus to reappear, for him who gave himself for us, who died for us, who was buried for us, who was accused and murdered as the king of the Jews for us so that we could be redeemed from our own sin that we put ourselves in, right? God solved the problem that we caused. It wasn't like he screwed up and it's like, my bad, let me fix it. It was like, wow, you guys suck. I'm going to fix it anyways. Amen. So that he could purify for himself a people 
for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Like, that just pumps me up, right? Because in in the midst of my screw-up, God's like, yeah, yeah, I see your screw-up. I fixed it. Here's the way out. Come be part of my family. I got a I got a big big house with, with lots, lots and, and lots, lots of rooms with a big <laughs> big table with lots and lots of food. Big big yard where we oh, can play going. football. <laughs> it's my father's house. Oh my gosh! But right, like God has God has paved the way. He is. He he has paved the way to righteousness, to holiness, to being set apart. Right? Like when, when God looks on the saved, he does not see our sin. He sees the very righteousness of Jesus because we are clothed in it. We are covered in it. We are saved by it. And so when God says that he's redeeming us from all of this garbage so that we could be his family, and we could be zealous for the things that he is zealous for. Like, he's not just blowing smoke up our skirts. Like, this is a reality for his people. And that is, as much as the first half of this was a mm-hmm. total kick in the yep. butt, like in a, hey, you suck kind of way, the back half is a kick in the yeah. butt of like, hey, man, let's go. Like, we're running quick because we have all the reason to run quick. Like we are running this race with, with zealousness and with fervor and with excitement and with passion because God doesn't, yeah, he calls us out for our garbage, but he doesn't stop there. He also paves the way for this is where you could go. And this is where I'm calling you to Mm -hmm. be. And this is what the kingdom looks like. And this is, and this is where I want you to be. I want you to get out of, and like so much for me is, it's just shame and guilt and like self-deprecation and you're such an idiot and why do you do and 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 God's like well yeah those things are true because you're a sinner but at the same time if you would just stop looking in the mirror for a second and look towards me I can show you this entire yeah. other existence where you are my son and you are blessed, and you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, and you are given this runway to just go do what I've called you to do. Stop being so obsessed with screwing up, right? Learn to repent, as you said. Repent and move on. Don't hold on to the baggage. Just go be part of my family in the kingdom in this world. So anyways, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Just in that in that weird transition phase of like it it doesn't seem real, it seems too good, but Absolutely, that's kind of God's yes. MO, right? And 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 taking those tentative steps like Peter out into the water. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's good so far. Oh no, I'm sinking. Oh gosh. Oh no. Yeah. I I can't swim. Right. But it's that sort of it's it's that sort of mentality that like how yeah. much do I trust God? And and really leaning into that. But anyways, I mean that's I don't really have that's a lot 
to, I think, uh, devour, think about, meditate. Like, I, don't, I don't know. That's where I'm at on this passage. I don't have anything else to add. Um, but I'm glad that you allowed me to uh, take us on a quick detour to this passage because it's... it's yes, with I would resonate brain, with that. Dave. Yeah. In my heart, yeah, if we're being absolutely. honest. So, well, I think much like we're accustomed to on this show, <laughs> we really do do that, don't we? Halt. Hit that emergency brake, drift around those uh, corners, and come to the end of this race. Um, so this has been episode 142 of Masterclass. Uh, if you're a new listener, hey, hi, welcome. Thank you so much. You can uh, look in the show notes for ways to get in contact. Uh, Dave on Twitter, me on Instagram, email for those of you that, you know, prefer that jam. Also, there will be a link to call us or, so you yes. can leave a voice message. And I can, I can take that voice message and replace <laughs> this. Yeah. Because that's a dumb sound effect, right? I have, I have eight pads here on my recording device that I would love to replace with user call-ins. Uh, user, <laughs> how about listener call-ins? Sorry, that's my day job coming back at me. Listener call-ins, uh, either about something we've talked about on the show or as a way to introduce or close out the show. Uh, so that's up to you. There's uh, a link in the show notes. Also uh, shows the phone number so you can give us a call and say hi and introduce yourself. Uh, there will be links to the things we talked about, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the cost of discipleship, Luke 13, this verse, Titus 2, 11 through 14. And I don't know, maybe a few other things if I'm feeling uh, vigilant. Otherwise, that's all there's going to be. But if you're listening on your phone, Android, iPhone, some other, I don't know. If you're on a, if you're on a flip phone, sorry about your luck. You probably not actually listen. I don't <laughs> think you can. Anyways, <laughs> that sentence there proves that it's time for me to stop talking. So, David. Yes. It's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Absolutely. I bid thee farewell and Godspeed. Until next time. Toodles. Bye.